Father. We thank you for it, Father. We honor you this morning. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and thank God. Well, it's good to be here again this morning, Macedonia. Amen. It's good to be in the house of worship once again. On last week, you know, we preached from 2 Kings. And we talked about a man named Naaman. And I told you I would give you part two today. In the scripture, and I told you that this is a narrative, this is a story that has been written in God's holy word. And oftentimes we look at what is written in God's holy word and we see what's on the surface. We see the problems that Naaman had. For Naaman was a great man. As a matter of fact, the Bible said that he was a man of valor. He was well respected. But the Bible said that he was a leper. And as we discovered on last week, this word leprosy or this disease of leprosy was one that was a deadly disease. That he had an expiration date based upon the disease of leprosy. In much in the same way, we all have that same expiration date because the wages of sin is death. And everyone, lest the rapture happens in this room, has an appointment with death. And understand the fact that, that, that because he had this leprosy, it really canceled out everything else. Because how can you really celebrate what you have when you know that death is near? But today we're going to discover something that's beneath the surface. We want to take a look at Naaman's real problem. And that's going to be the title of this text. Naaman's real problem. We begin our reading at verse number nine in the fifth chapter. And it reads, and so Naaman came with his horses and his chariots, and he stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a message unto him saying, go, Wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, and went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me, and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and strike his hand over the place, and recover the leper." Are not Abana and Farpar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. And his servant came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then, when he said to thee, wash and be clean. Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. 
And his flesh came again unto him, unto the flesh of a little child, and he was cleansed. And he returned to the man of God and all of his company and came and stood before him. And he said, behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth, but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. This is Naaman, as we discovered. All of us have a little bit of Naaman in us. Every last one of us. All of us are plagued with the two things that Naaman has going to his disadvantage. All of us are plagued with sin. But when we begin to examine the text here, we see something in Naaman that you don't necessarily see obviously in the text. What we see in Naaman is the same thing that plagues us if we're really honest and truthful with ourselves. Because what we see in Naaman in this text is we see a spirit of pride. And it is pride that is killing us. Because what pride tells us is that we can do this all on our own. That we do not really need God to do anything for us. We've acquired so much. And God has even blessed us to the point to where we've got more than enough. But yet we still have our little idiosyncrasies and our issues and our problems and our situations. We have our unforgiving spirit. We become so prideful to where we become narcissistic in our spirits. You see, because the narcissistic person believes that it's everyone else's fault. They point the finger at everybody else and they neglect to look at themselves and see that there's an error within myself. We think more highly of ourselves than we really should. We have a higher opinion of ourselves than we have of anybody else. And we live in a culture that breeds that. Because now, all of a sudden, everyone needs their own brand. We need to self-promote ourselves. And understand that the Bible tells us that, that if you want to be exalted, you must first what? Humble yourself. The problem with it is that, that, that we're always seeking more for ourselves. We want to look the right way. And the reality of it is, is that, that, that we, are, we are dressed up, but we're still messed up. Thank you, Pastor Twyman. We think that we're so, we, we're so good. We think we're doing the right things because we come to church on Sunday. We think we're doing the right things because we're paying our tithes and our offerings. But the reality of it is is that how are you treating folk outside of here? 
How are we in the body of Christ treating each other? What's the problem? It's because we have a spirit of pride. You see, you won't say it, you won't utter it from your, your mouth, but you think you're better than the person sitting right next to you. And the real reality of it is that all of us are sinners and our sin stinks in the nostril of God. And the good thing about it is there's no one sin greater than the other sin. And just because my sin ain't your sin does not, not mean that it does not stink in God's nostril. I must come and lay my sin at the foot of the cross as well. I must die daily, every day. Naaman has a problem. And it's not just the leprosy. It is what's feeding the leprosy. Because if you really get down to the root of all sin, it all begins with pride. It all begins with us wanting our way, regardless of what it will cost you or anybody else. That is the root of pride. That is the root of sin. Pride is destroying this nation. Destroying us. Because God has been so good to us. And we have the, the nerve to look down our nose at any other nation. And we kill more babies than any other nation by abortion. It's pride. It used to be, it used to be if you were in your sin, you did it discreetly. You didn't let folk know it. Now it's all over social media. We sin without repentance. And we want to force everybody to accept it. And that's the problem. That's the problem with the gay movement today. They have gay pride month. They're proud of what they're doing. They're proud of the lifestyle that they're living. And they have no problems with letting the world know it. And it's prideful to them. But it's killing us as a nation. Naaman, Naaman, Naaman here needs to have cured. He needs for someone greater than himself to cure him of this dreaded disease of leprosy. And we've discovered that we need the same thing, that we're incapable of cleaning ourselves. You'll never be good enough. You'll never reach the standard in which God requires for righteousness. And it is pride that stops us from going to the source where we can be made whole. We can be made clean. And so Naaman goes to Israel with a letter. And what I did not tell you last, last week is that, that he also came with a whole bunch of money. Understand that your healing cannot be purchased. It cannot be bought. 
Naaman came with a hundred, a thousand shekels of silver, 3,000 pieces of gold, and 10 changes of clothing. And one scholar said that in today's equivalency, it would be worth about $1.2 million. Naaman wants to buy what only God can give. But I'm here to tell you that God is not for sale. You, you, you cannot purchase God or the blessings of God with money. The only thing you can purchase it with is with your faith in him, your trust in him. That's the only thing that will purchase your salvation. So after being disappointed by the king's inability to heal him. Elisha hears him and says, send him to me. Oh, I can see Naaman is excited now because it came by the word of that slave girl that was in his house that was from Israel that said, you need to see a man, a prophet in Samaria. Naaman is saying, finally I get to see the man that can heal me. Finally I get to stand before this man and so he shows up at Elisha's door. This is, this, this, this is a man of great authority. I can see him just standing there with his soldiers, his servants, waiting for, Na- for Elijah to come out and to do something to, 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 to heal him from his disease. But Elijah does not. He does not even come to the door. He sends his servant to tell him how he can be made whole. The servant comes to the door and said, go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. This, is, this upsets Naaman. He said, he, said, he said that he couldn't even come out and pray for me. Listen, let me tell you something. You don't have to be geographically in that area to pray for somebody. It's good sometimes that you, you, you pray for people, but there is something that's long as God knows long distance prayer. In other words, I can pray for you all the way in China and God can still move and have the same effect as if I was right there in the room with you. Because God is not limited by that. In other words, I don't have to lay hands on you just to get a prayer through. The important part is, can you get a prayer through? Because if I can get a prayer through in Detroit, Michigan, I can get a prayer through in Beijing, China. God is not, he's not like that. He's not limited by that. But here he says, he says, he says, he said, Naaman was angry at this. He said, I thought that he would surely come out unto me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord and wave his hand over the spot and cure my leprosy. Naaman here is, is looking for a show. The pride in him wants to see it on his terms. He wants healing on his terms. Couldn't understand the simplicity of what 
the prophet had told him to do. He said, oh, that's way too easy. In other words, I want you to heal me like I want you to heal me. And you'll be amazed at, 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 at Christians that want healing on their own terms. Because there are some Christians, yes, including myself, that struggle with pride at times. There are times that pride will creep in. And understand this, that pride is very subtle. You see, because when pride comes in, it doesn't come in flashing red lights. As a matter of fact, sometimes you'll be the last one to know how prideful you really are. When, when, when you begin to you know, give yourself accolades and, and, and begin to promote and, and uplift yourself of how wonderful and how great you really are. What you have, what you can contribute. Well, what we can contribute is nothing in compared to what God wants to do and design for our lives. As a matter of fact, God wants you to take all of those accomplishments, all those things that you think you know, and throw them in the dung hill. Because the apostle Paul said that I know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. That is the real spirit of humility. I don't care how educated you are. I don't care how, how good of a job you have, how well you are connected. It means nothing in the sight of God. And we keep parading it like it's something, like people are impressed by it. Even if it's a title, a position, it means nothing to God. What's the sense of having a title if you're not going to do the job? You need to do the job. And you need to do it according to what God has said. Not by what the world says or what man has said. Mission accomplished. Naaman wanted it on his own terms. And so do we. We want God to tolerate us and our self-centeredness, our pride, and God cannot use us in that manner. You see, because pride is idolatry. It's taking God off the throne and it's putting ourselves on the throne. And understand that God will deal with every bit of pride that you have and I have in our lives. He's going to deal with us on it. Because that's the sin that God hates the most. As a matter of fact, did you not know that was the, that was the first sin was the sense of pride that Satan had when he was in heaven. God created him as the most beautiful angel that he had ever created. And Satan said to himself, I will exalt my throne above the throne of God. It was pride that had him do this. It was pride in the garden that prompted them to do what God told them not to do. We don't really need God. 
We eat from this, this tree and it'll give us the knowledge that we need and we'll become as gods. That's pride. And God will deal with every bit of pride. The antidote to pride is submitting ourselves to the Lord. Naaman here wanted him to come out and to perform a show and understand that pride is very deceptive. It eludes us. Understand that the devil does not come up to us with red flags and telling us how proud we really are. As a matter of fact, usually he tells us how humble we are. And I heard it saying that the minute that you realize how humble you really are, you just cease to be humble. Because that's the spirit of pride when you begin to talk about how humble you, were, you, you really are. No, I'm, I'm, I'm as low as I can get, God. I realize that, God, I cannot make it without you, Lord. I know, God, to stand before the people and to proclaim your word. God, I cannot do it on my own. God, all I can do is be a vessel. And if you fill me up, God, I can, I can tell them what thus saith the Lord. But everything that comes out of me, Lord, needs to come from you, God, because I have no opinion. I have no thought. All I have is your word that comes up from within me. Don't be deceived because Satan comes to deceive us. Comes to, 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 to make us think that, 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 that everybody else owes us something. Like we've been so good. We've been so lovely. We've been so kind. And everybody's picking on me. Understand that that, that that pride has its, its fruit, just like there's fruit of the Spirit. You know, if you really want to see the fruits of pride, when you take pleasure in where you live, what type of house you live in, what type of physical gifts that God has given you, what kind of talents you have. When you begin to purport what, what your education is and, and what level or degree of education that you have, what you can bring to the table. Some people even take pride in being a Christian. Hello, somebody. There are some Christians that think they are better than other folk just because they are Christians. But you understand, as being a Christian, you are no better than anybody else. You may be better off than somebody else, but you're no better than anybody else. So we can't even take pride in being a Christian because it all comes from God. I did not save myself. I was saved by the grace of God. So how in the world can I take pride in that? We take pride in, in, in our positions, in our jobs, our salaries, in our cars. Becomes status symbols. If there's anybody that, 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 that lives on status and broke is a joke, it's black folk. We'll go and buy a purse and wear it like we got plenty of money in the bank. We drive cars that we cannot afford 
just so we'll be in that status symbol. It's all pride. We got to deal with it. Because if we will not deal with it, God will. God will. So he said, Naaman is upset. He's angry. And he feels as though he has the right to be so. He begins to, to break this thing down. He said, there's plenty of rivers here in Damascus, Abana and Farbar. Aren't they better than the rivers of Israel? You want me to go to the Jordan River? You want me to go to the Jordan? Abana is clean. Most certainly it will clean me better than the Jordan River. Problem is that he did not understand the significance of the Jordan River. You see, because it was at the Jordan River where the children of Israel crossed to go into the promised land. It was at the Jordan River where Elijah and Elijah separated the water and walked across on dry land. God was doing great things in the Jordan River. It was at the Jordan River where John the Baptist preached unto repentance and the people were baptized in the Jordan River. It was at the Jordan River that Jesus Christ was baptized and the Father cracked the sky and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Yeah, I want you to go to the Jordan River. Because that's where it was. That was the instruction from the man of God that came from God himself. Naaman, I want you to go to the Jordan River and be cleansed. But here he is, he's upset. He turns away in rage. He's angry. He's pouting. He's going away disgusted. But thank God for truth. And understand that, that a lot of times we think that only Christians can bring us some truth. No, there are some people who are unsaved that can bring you some truth. God can use whoever to bring you the truth. And so here we see, here we see, one of his servants puts his finger in his face and he speaks truth to power. Now understand, this servant could have been killed for what he did. But he tells Naaman the truth. He said, Naaman's servant said, he said, my father, if the prophet had have told you to do some great things, would you have not done it? In other words, he's not asking you to do a difficult thing. But because of your pride, and your inability to get over yourself and how you want to get it done. Your inability to humble yourself and listen to the man of God. And, and, and that's a problem in the church today because a lot of times we don't really want to listen to the man of God. Now, I don't, I don't know whether it's that you just believe that God is not speaking to the man of God or he's just a man. No, God has appointed him and ordained him to be able to speak and be his mouthpiece to the congregation. And I will never tell you to do anything wrong from this sacred desk. But here he said that this, this is the man of God. He asked you to do a simple thing. But see how pride will cause you to stumble over the simple things. 
cause you to stumble over the easy things in which God has told us to do. Understand, there's going to be some difficult things that God is going to ask us and have us do. But when it comes to our salvation, it's not difficult. You see, because our Jordan River is the blood of Jesus Christ. We're to go and be washed in the blood of Jesus, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And our faith in that is enough to save us. But there are so many people that say there's got to be more than that. It's got to be more difficult than that. That's pride. You see, because pride wants to be able to boast about what has been happening. We want to boast about it. We, we, we want to have our hands in on our salvation. The Bible said that we're saved by grace through faith. Lest any man should what? Boast or be proud of your salvation. It comes from him. It's grace. It's God giving us what we don't deserve. And that's what Elisha was giving Naaman. He was taking him to the grace. Because all of us need the grace of God. So he has to humble himself. Well, how do you humble yourself? You humble yourself by submitting. That's what the Bible says. That we're to submit ourselves to God. That we're to give God everything. And listen here, this is not a submission that is forced. This is a submission of you looking at a situation and saying, yeah, I need you, God. I need to submit myself to you, Lord. I've made a wreck of my life. And no matter how hard I try, I cannot fix it. I got leprosy all over me. And I know that there was a time that God, I was prideful, that I thought that I could fix the situation. I thought money would fix it for me. I thought relationship would fix it for me. But God, I'm dying daily. I'm getting closer and closer. And I've got the stench of sin in my life. And it's been rooted in by my pride. By my unwillingness to receive what you've given to receive the gift that you've given me because I want it on my own terms. Naaman listens. He hears this servant. And the Bible says that he goes down to the Jordan River and he washes himself seven times. The ideology is that, that he, he thoroughly washes himself. Because now Naaman has the spirit of humility. He's realized that he's at the end of his road. You don't know when your end is coming. That's why today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you need to give your life to Christ. 
Today is the day you need to submit yourself to what God has told us to do. And that's to live righteously before him. But understand that with humility comes obedience. You, you cannot have humility without obedience, being obedient unto the Lord. And that's what we see with Naaman. Because he's now humbled himself, now he can obey God and do what God told him to do. Naaman is living testimony of what the Lord can do in our lives. He's an example of what, what, what salvation really looks like, what holiness really looks like, what humility really looks like. Because Naaman gets up and he sees that he's clean. He's clean as a baby. As a matter of fact, he's better than he was before. God has restored him. Not only will God cleanse him, but he also restored him. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. Most of us are just looking for a physical healing. But there's some stuff that, that, that the devil took from me. In my sinfulness. In my pride. That when I humbled myself, God restored it unto me. And he'll do the same for you. He'll make you brand new. That's what he wants to do. He wants to make you over again. He wants to make you brand new. But it takes you humbling yourself in his presence. It takes you submitting yourself to him. Understand that the Holy Spirit has been trying to get your attention all of your life. This ain't nothing that just started. Understand that you think that the turmoil you've been going through is just because you just run a, uh, across the stroke of a bad luck. No, 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 no. Everything that is happening in your life, God is trying to get your attention. He's trying to show you yourself. And my prayer for you is that, that, that God will take the blinders off your eyes as well as your mind. That you might be able to see it. That we'll stop blaming other people for our own mess ups and indiscretions. That we'll get rid of this spirit of entitlement that we feel like everybody owe us something. We'll humble ourselves. And we'll go and wash. Seven times. And on the seventh time, Naaman came up a new man. Not only was it clean on his hands and his feet and his body, but his soul had been washed. He had a new outlook on life. Because it was Naaman that went back to give thanks to the prophet Elisha. Him and his whole company went back. Which reminds me of the ten lepers. And how all ten of them were cleansed. But only one returned to say, thank you. That's how you know you've really been washed. You've really been cleansed. 
And it's not just an external thing. You ain't just turned over a new leaf. It's all the way through and through because you'll come back and say, Lord, thank you for what you've done. I know that at one time I was a wretch undone, but God, you saved me by your mercy and your grace, God. It was you that did it, God. It's not me. You did it, God. So, Lord, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for your goodness and your kindness. Thank you for your cleansing power in my life. Thank you that you're the only God that can do this. No other body can do this. You're the only God. And this is what Naaman told him. He said, there is no other God in Israel but the God of Israel. There's no other God. He is the only God. And he's the one that paid the price. Because Naaman tried to take that money and pay the price for his cleansing. But understand that the price has already been paid for us. That there's nothing that we have in our pockets or our purses that can pay for what God has done for us. It was paid for at Calvary's cross over 2,000 years ago. Yes, he came down. He suffered, bled, and died on an old rugged cross. Nailed him in his hands and in his feet. Pierced him in his side. Put a crown of thorns on his head. He died, I tell you, on Friday. They put him, took him down off the cross. Put him in a tomb. He stayed there all night Friday. All day Saturday. All night Saturday night. But Sunday morning, he rose with all power of heaven and earth in his hand. It's been paid already. There's no way we could have paid for what he received. There's nothing we can pay for what we receive from God. It's all because of him. It's all because of his grace. All because of his mercy. And I submit myself to you, God. I humble myself in your presence, God. Lord, I pray right now that somebody's heart is being touched right now to understand that they need you, God. We all need you. We thank you and we praise you. He didn't stay dead. He rose on the third day with all power in his hand. He's making this session for us right now at the right hand side of the Father. Yes, and he's coming back again. He's going to come back for a church without spot or wrinkle. And I just want to be ready. I want to be ready in the vineyards doing what he's told me to do. He's coming back. Will you be ready? Or will you still be standing in pride? Submit ourselves to the Lord that he might be able to cleanse us. God bless you. Please stand to your feet. The door to the church is open. Pride will keep you in your seat. It will keep you in your aisle. Don't let pride continue to get the best of you. Understand that God wants to do a great